Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals, an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre and downright stupid crimes and criminals in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about the Dumb and Dumber Bandits, a Florida woman going pants off bananas at a Waffle House, the Hell's Angels attempt to assassinate Mick Jagger, a Thai man getting unwanted affection in a toilet cubicle and much more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. Childhood friends Anthony Prince and Luke Carroll from Byron Bay in New South Wales went to the United States in 2004 to embark on the trip of a lifetime. The teenage larrikins got jobs at Peppy Sports in Vail, Colorado, spent a lot of time on the ski slopes and did a bunch of rambunctious teenage boy things. In January 2005, they were arrested for allegedly shooting out windows with a paintball gun. But it's what they did in March that gained them worldwide infamy for being idiotic asshats and earned them the nickname the Dumb and Dumber Bandits. On March 21st, Prince and Carol dressed up in ski gear, ensuring their faces were covered, armed themselves with unloaded BB guns and robbed the West Star Bank in Vail. Not only were the two regular customers of the branch they robbed, but they were wearing their work name tags at the time and also didn't disguise their Aussie accents. This probably would have been enough for staff to figure out who they were, but the fact one of them was tall and lean and the other was short and stocky meant the tellers recognised them instantly. After stealing $132,000 from the bank, the inept duo made their escape by taking a chairlift at Vale Ski Resort using their regular ski passes. It only took police eight minutes to identify Carol and Prince after showing tellers their mugshots from their January arrest for paintball shenanigans. With all that ill-gotten cash burning holes in their pockets, the pair went on a shopping spree. They spent eleven grand in a jewellery store, rather memorably buying a Rolex watch by painstakingly counting out the thousands of dollars in $5 notes at the counter. Knowing they wouldn't be able to take that much cash on their planned one-way trip to Mexico, they tipped a taxi driver 20 grand. The day after the robbery, the teens drove to Denver International Airport to buy their tickets to Mexico. Upon arrival, they were bummed to find out that the flights to Mexico for the day had already departed. Bum, bum. Next, they went to a nearby hotel to seek accommodation for the night, only to decide that their rates were too expensive. Tip a taxi driver $20,000 but balk at the cost of a hotel room. 
interesting or maybe just criminally stupid. The two then found themselves cheaper accommodations for the evening. The next day, they went back to Denver Airport to buy their tickets to Mexico and, well, what then? I don't think they'd figured that bit out. They probably thought they'd lie on a beach drinking tequila with a bunch of hot babes for eternity, but didn't put much thought into what it would take to spend the rest of their lives on the run. Knowing they had way too much cash to take through customs, they figured they were going to have to chuck some of it away, but they wanted souvenirs to remember the precious moment with. So they went into an airport bathroom and posed for some awesomely tragic pictures wielding the cash that they'd stolen. I think they were going for tough gangster vibes, but Carol just looks like one of Santa's elves giving major cringe face, and Prince looks like the long-lost brother of Jersey Shore's Paulie D. The boys paid for their one-way tickets to start their fantastic new babe and tequila-filled lives in Mexico with cash, which made more than a few eyebrows raise. While they were waiting to go through customs, they were swooped on by about 30 police officers pointing guns at them. As they were handcuffed and escorted to an airport holding cell, the thick thieves noticed banks of computers and fax machines with pictures of their faces. Yep, the entire staff of the airport were on the lookout for them. The try-hard gangster pictures they took in the toilets became key evidence for the prosecution. They were also released to media, which helped spread their infamy across the world. Prince later said of the robbery plan, When I was 19, I thought I was Superman. I thought I'd do this and it'll all work itself out. But as we know, it did not in fact all work itself out. When they were arrested at the airport, Prince had $4,500 stuffed in his shoes and 9000 in a bum bag or fanny pack. They were also caught trying to flush $800 down the holding cell toilet. Where they had that hidden is anyone's guess. But I have some ideas. The not-so-dynamic duo posted around $18,000 in cash back to their addresses in Australia. $6,000 was intercepted by postal officials in San Francisco, and the rest was recovered after it arrived in Byron Bay. Although in hindsight, it may be hard to view this robbery as anything but a joke by a couple of immature ass clowns, but the tellers they robbed didn't know the guns the guys held to their heads weren't real at the time. So they were completely terrified and probably thought they were going to die. And a female teller was shoved to the ground by Carol and suffered an injury to her arm. The two pleaded guilty and apologized to the bank tellers they held up. Prince was sentenced to four and a half years in U.S. federal prison and Carol was sentenced to five years as he'd pushed one of the tellers to the floor during the robbery. Both were released and returned to Australia in 2009. Anthony Prince has spoken publicly about the events leading up to the robbery and the aftermath. He very much regrets his actions and went to great lengths to apologise to the tellers on duty at the time. Like most of the people I talk about on this podcast, his foray into criminal stupidity was a one-time occurrence and not a lifetime commitment to being on the wrong side of the law. Prince has even written a book about his experience, ironically titled Bank Robbery for Beginners, and I'm happy to say he used his douchey wannabe gangster money shot on the cover.
It's been quite a few weeks since I've mentioned Florida. Let's remedy that now, shall we? I know Florida men get all the attention, but let me assure you, Florida women can represent just as strongly. In January 2019, in Pensacola, Florida, interestingly named 38-year-old Freedom Rider Zobrist wreaked havoc at a Waffle House restaurant. The Waffle House manager told police that Freedom rocked up to the restaurant early that morning and created such a scene that he had to ask her to leave. Apparently she left without much incident, but came back around midday in a much more agitated state. Not only did she curse out employees, but she also said she had a gun and threatened to shoot the manager in the face before gunning down everyone else in the restaurant. When the manager kicked her out of the Waffle House for the second time that day, she poked him in the chest with her pointy finger before strolling into the parking lot, taking off her pants and exposing her bits to everyone in the vicinity. That'll show them. Then she started to do a special Florida woman dance. I don't know how it went, but what I'm imagining is hauntingly beautiful. The manager told the police that the pantless woman approached him again and tried to grab his junk. When he blocked her from doing so, she allegedly grabbed his head and licked him on both sides of his face. I really hope Florida fast food restaurant employees get paid a lot in danger money because it sounds like they earn it. Witnesses told the police that while they were in their cars trying to leave the parking lot, the ironically named Freedom blocked them in by dancing naked in front of their vehicles. The police came and arrested Freedom on charges of lewd and indecent exposure, disorderly conduct, battery and assault, thus freeing her hostages from their unwanted interpretive dance spectacular. I know they say you should dance like nobody is watching, but from now on, I plan to dance like a naked Florida woman stopping traffic in a Waffle House parking lot. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. According to a BBC documentary, in 1969, Rolling Stone's lead singer Mick Jagger was the target of a botched assassination attempt by Hell's Angels bikies. Several members of the gang decided to murder Jagger after an incident at the Rolling Stone's December 1969 gig at Altamont in California. Legend has it that the Stones and the other bands involved in the event paid the Hells Angels 500 bucks and a hell of a lot of free beer to act as security at the free concert. This is a claim that's always been disputed by the Rolling Stones, but is widely accepted by journalists reporting on the carnage that ensued. The Stones performed on a low stage that was set up at the bottom of an incline. The Hells Angels were stationed in front of the band to keep people from jumping on the stage. They also parked several of their motorbikes in front of the stage to make a barrier between the band and the crowd. 
smashing beers hand over fist. As the event wore on, the Hells Angels became more drunk, confrontational and violent. I guess there were no psychics involved in the planning of the concert, as it seems nobody saw that coming. To push back the crowd from rushing the stage, Hells Angels members hurled full cans of beer at them and beat them up with motorbike chains and weighted pool cues. By the time the Stones started their performance, the whole thing had turned into a bloody shit show. During the concert, an 18-year-old guy named Meredith Hunter got in a fight with Hells Angels members near the front of the stage as the Stones performed. The whole incident was captured on film and apparently showed Meredith pulling a gun on bikies and letting off at least one shot before Hells Angel Alan Pissarro fatally stabbed him. Pizarro was eventually acquitted of murder on the grounds of self-defence. After the incident, Mick Jagger vowed he would never associate with the Hells Angels again, and it seems this hurt some of their feelings. A lot. Like, let's plan his death, owies in their feelings. The most disgruntled of the butthurt bikers got together and came up with a poorly organised plan to kill Mick Jagger at his fancy pad in Long Island. Although they were clearly more at home on land than at sea, they decided to launch their attack on Jagger's place by boat. They loaded up a small vessel with weapons and fantasised delightedly about their future glorious moment of vengeance. But it was not to be. Little did they know they were just moments away from putting the ass in assassination attempt. They did not get no satisfaction, for the sea was angry that day. Rain cascaded from the sky and wild waves sunk their boat, forcing everyone overboard. Struggling to stay afloat in denim, leather and heavy motorcycle boots must have really worn the prospective murderers out. Or perhaps they were adhering to the old adage, if at first you don't succeed... Give up your plan to kill Mick Jagger, as they didn't make any further attempts to snuff out the Rolling Stone. The second one will be North 70 X-ray Frank Robert. In September 2018, Thai man Yong Yuch was in a public toilet in a mall in Nakhon Sawan province. According to an article in the Daily News, he was sitting on the toilet doing personal errands which is a polite way of putting it, when a beeping Tom in a neighbouring stall poked their head under the wall. They then reached into the stall and started stroking Yong's leg. This wasn't Yong's first being groped in a public toilet rodeo, but the last time it happened, he freaked out at the pervy perp, who then denied everything when security intervened. Determined to have evidence of his most recent assault, Yong endured the leg groping long enough to grab his phone and film the perv in action. When Yong had his evidence, he left the stall to go find security and spotted the groper scampering away. He gave chase after the peeping Tom, but apparently lost him due to his short-sightedness. I'm not joking, that's literally... <laughs> that was the reason given. <laughs> Young believed the perv was a university student due to the outfit that he was wearing. When he reported the unsettling incident to security, they told him it was a common occurrence in that particular mall. Is this why public toilet cubicles and walls never go all the way down to the floor? Are they built as little victim traps for pervs? 
Unfortunately, the name of the mall wasn't published, which is a bummer, as I'm sure some of us would like to avoid it, while others might want to ensure that they go there. Now it's time for Legend of the Week. After talking about dumb criminals all episode, I'd like to highlight a hero, two-legged or otherwise, who went out of their way to help stop a crime. In April 2008, a wheelchair-bound Bartlesville, Oklahoma woman held off a drunken intruder for over an hour and a half. At around 3am on a Sunday morning, 95-year-old Winnie Wiles was woken up by strange noises coming from her front door. Winnie, who was a very petite 4 foot 11, armed herself with a screwdriver and wheeled herself to her door where a man was trying to break into her house. Bartlesville Police Chief Tom Holland told the Oklahoman, She kept telling him to go away, that he had the wrong house and to leave her alone, but he kept trying to get in. The man broke the glass window in the door and attempted to reach inside to unlock it, but every time he did, Winnie stabbed his hand with the screwdriver, and every time she did that, he yelled at her, Lady, quit stabbing me! This went on for what must have seemed to Winnie like an eternity. Reach, stab, lady, quit stabbing me. Chief Holland said she got him once on the knuckle and almost took his knuckle off. I mean, she was really fighting him. The man was Terminator relentless and didn't stop trying to invade Winnie's home until he eventually passed out on the front porch. That's when Winnie finally got the opportunity to call for help. When the police arrived, they saw the window and the door had been broken and there was blood all over the door and the front porch. They also noticed 46-year-old Robert Horsley lying unconscious on the doorstep in a pool of his own blood. Chief Holland said when they entered the house, there was this little 95-year-old woman holding a bloody screwdriver. She was pretty relieved to see the uniformed officers. I'm sure she was. Although it sounds like she had things pretty well under control herself. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available, and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. Particularly this one. On June 5th, 2016, an Austrian man was fined 500 euros for offending public decency after letting a bottom burp rip loudly and intentionally in front of a police officer. Vienna police tweeted about this groundbreaking case saying, Of course no one is reported for accidentally letting one go. But apparently there was nothing accidental about the letting go of this one. The police stated that the man stood up from a park bench, stared directly at a nearby police officer, and let go a massive intestinal wind apparently with full intent. That's some good butt muscle control on display there, huh? They concluded by saying, Our colleagues don't like to be farted at so much. So, like, it's not, like, the worst thing, but it's not, like, in their top ten favourite things to have happen. I get it. Four. 
43-year-old German man Dieter Braun was just following advice given to him by a marriage counsellor when he was arrested butt-naked in the forest yelling obscenities at trees. His counsellor had told him to try this unorthodox form of therapy as a way to relieve the stress in his marriage. Dieter explained to the officers, If I didn't go to the woods and scream at the trees, then my marriage would probably be over. For me, it's a type of relaxation therapy. Feeling the breeze on my naked skin really calms me down. But unfortunately for Dita, people going for hikes in the forest did not find his behaviour relaxing at all. He was arrested and charged with causing a public nuisance. I really hope he's found another way to calm himself down now. UK police working a red light district late one night observed a known sex worker waiting inside a parked car while the car's owner was at an ATM withdrawing some money. When they questioned him about what he was up to, the man told him he'd got the cash so he could go buy some tomatoes. When they queried him about the sex worker waiting for him in his car, he assured them that everything was above board. Apparently, she was a tomato connoisseur who was going to show him the best place to buy tomatoes late at night. PC Stacey Patterson told the BBC, I've heard some excuses before, but in the 10 years that I've been a police officer, I have never heard of a curb crawler covering up his crimes by claiming to be buying tomatoes. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. Thank you to Rafa135 from Great Britain for doing just that. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo from my friend Leroy's podcast, Excuse Me, That's Illegal. Till next week, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't end up on this podcast. Oh, hey there. You like true crime stories, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Who doesn't? But I gotta admit, after a while, all those stories of murder and heartache, well, they tend to go straight to my hips. So that's why I, Leroy Luna, have created a podcast called Excuse Me, That's Illegal, where we'll take a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. No TED Talks on Bundy here. The letters BTK won't be coming from these lips. Unless he had a brother that used to steal library books. Suppose I'd be willing to go balls deep into that one if that were the case. Anyways, you'll hear stories such as the Mad Pooper, a female jogger who wreaked havoc in a Colorado Springs neighborhood, using one family's front yard as her own personal dumping grounds. If this kind of content sounds like it's up your alley, excuse me, that's illegal. It's available right now on all your favorite podcatchers. So come join me. I'll be right here waiting for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.